Chapter Two of White Dandy, a Horse's Story, a companion book to Black Beauty. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Irie. White Dandy, a Horse's Story, a companion book to Black Beauty, by Velma Caldwell Melville. Chapter Two. Besides the bays, the Wallaces owned one other horse, Old Ross, a somewhat worn and battered veteran who entertained me for hours at a time when we were standing alone in the shady pasture or in the barn with tales of what he had seen, known, and experienced. "'You look like a nice young fellow,' he said on the second day of my arrival. "'But I'd rather be myself, all battered up as I am, than you.' for i have the satisfaction of knowing that i can't live many years longer and you may happen to suffer through a long lifetime yet why i said is it so bad as that to live i have always had a good time yes it is very bad to live if you are owned by some people of course i am happy and contented here only i know i shall be sold by and by i am about worn out and Dr. Fred said before he went away that I was getting too stiff for a doctor's horse. But my master is never going to sell me. How do you know that? He says I am going to live with him always and be shot on his grave. Well, Dr. Dick is an exception among men, but he don't always get his way. The season following my coming to Kay proved to be a never-to-be-forgotten one, cholera raged for many weeks and i had to take my share of the work especially as queen was not strong she was never as well again before that night in the livery stable she took cold easily and could not endure fatigue days and nights together master never rested and scarcely ate anything but in one sense it was a good thing it helped him forget one day he had had the bays out since just after midnight and ross had fallen terribly lame the day before so when a call came for him to go a dozen or more miles in a pouring rain he was obliged to saddle me poor little dandy he said your legs are too short for such a journey but it is life or death to the mother of seven little ones that was enough for me my legs might be short but they were strong and though the doctor was heavy i felt equal to the task i started off on a swift canter but master drew rein telling me to husband my strength for the last half of the way it had long been dark when we arrived inky dark too with no cessation of the rainfall a trembling hand held out the lantern while a hollow voice fairly sobbed i'm afeard you're too late doctor my woman is sinking fast now see here my man you take good care of my noble little horse here and i'll pull the wife through or fail doing my best by the uncertain light of the lantern i saw that i was being tied in a sort of shed my saddle was removed but its place was soon supplied by a stream of water that trickled through a hole in the roof move which way i would the leak was directly over my back the man laid some newly cut grass across some poles barely within my reach and went away all the while i was aware that the place had another occupant though i could see nothing presently a horse's voice in the darkness asked if i had come far from the first tone i noticed a sadness 
but i replied to the question adding that i would rather be out of doors than in this leaky place oh she said this ain't bad now but it is a dreary place in winter with the snows drifting in and the wind whistling through i was too much surprised to answer at first and in a minute she gave a long piteous whinny whom are you calling i asked my baby my pretty little roan colt they took him from me last week and have not brought him back it seems as if my heart must break we were never separated an hour before and i don't see how he will get along my baby oh my baby i expressed my pity for her and she said it did her good to have someone to talk to oh it is a dreadful thing to be a mother loving your offspring as much as human mothers do and yet be speechless and helpless she moaned they tied me in here and drove selim into a corner and caught him i jerked and neighed until my master kicked me and bade me shut my head by this time the others had got selim out and i could hear him calling to me his voice grew fainter and fainter and then all was still i suppose your master sold him ross the old horse at our place says he was taken from his mother and sold oh me if colts must be taken from their mothers in that way why can't they get us used to the separation by degrees not tear us apart without a moment's warning or word of farewell why can't they i repeated then added but i guess your master is getting pay now for his cruelty his wife is almost dying with cholera and my master says there are seven little children i shall certainly pity the children if they are deprived of a mother's care but they will feel no worse than little selim does after a while dr dick came out to the shed i suppose the rain had ceased by that time at least the stream of water on my back had but i was standing in some sort of filth with the mud hardening on my legs a long while he scraped and rubbed my legs and back then turned me out into a little pasture it will be better than this dirty place dandy he said and it was it was just growing grey in the morning when a man rode past the pasture on a horse that fairly swayed from side to side he was so exhausted and blood and foam poured from his mouth and nostrils in a minute more dr dick was calling me likely you'll have a time to catch the colt the owner of the premises was saying as i came up the doctor laughed why that's queer the man said i can never get near the old mare even when she's out well sir replied master looking very serious i would be ashamed to treat a dumb animal so badly that it would fear to come at my call my horses know that i am their friend and that though i may have to work them hard i will not require more of them than they can do and that they can trust me in all things then he stroked my face and i put my cheek against his dandy and i love each other he added then he went for the saddle and bridle my companion of the evening before was still neighing pitifully and master inquired the cause sir if your wife or any of your children die he said severely when the other had told about the colt just remember that you deserve it for having no regard for the feelings of a dumb mother the god who noteth the sparrow's fall will measure unto you as you measure unto the helpless 
there is a merciful and humane way of dealing in all these matters if i were in your place i'd send one of the boys to bring that colt where its mother can see it for a day and then let her watch it go away blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy we now joined the other man standing beside his heaving horse at the gate follow at your leisure that poor beast is well-nigh done for i will hurry on and do all i can dr dick said to the stranger whose sister had been attacked by the epidemic and away we flew my training had all been for the saddle and whether built right or not i was at home under it we turned in at the wallace gateway just forty-eight hours after going out of it how did the colt stand it was the hired man's first query dandy is a jewel bob master replied heartily a perfect saddle-horse and with ambition and sense enough for a dozen horses and thus began my actual experience as a doctor's horse and from that time on our names were continually associated together first by the family and finally by the whole town and neighborhood i remember one small boy coming in haste for the doctor breathlessly announced that he had come for dick and dandy i was soon trained to drive in a sulky and grew to like it better than the saddle only that i could not hear quite as well what the doctor said to me in common conversation as we travelled along the news of the epidemic brought dr fred home some little time before he intended coming but his coming brought no additional happiness to the stables whether it did to the house or not he rushed about everything spoke in a loud confusing tone issued one order only to countermand it by another used profane language and drank whiskey we've had our good time ross remarked significantly and julie gave an acquiescent snort meanwhile a new blacksmith had bought out the old one in k and dr dick was wondering if the former was a bungler ross did not get over his lameness and master had had his shoes removed and turned him out into the pasture End of chapter 2